I am back. It is 5.13 a.m. <coughs> Excuse me. And good morning. On Monday. Guess what? I hate to break it to y'all. I really do, but there's really nothing bad to break. Jen and Cody will continue on VIP podcast takeover starting at 7 a.m. this morning. <coughs> Excuse me. I'm going to leave the email down here. You can get a hold of Jen, attention Jen, or Jen, Jen and Tonic. I don't know. I don't know. It's hot enough outside of her eyes. You ever add those little crystal light packs or was this Walmart, the little Mio, where it takes like, it's not a Mio, but it literally takes like the whole bottle of Mio to get like a flavor out of it. But you're really supposed to do just like two little squirts, but you find yourself like, you ever do that? And it takes like five or ten squirts just to get a decent flavor to the sucker. So you can taste actually fruit punch. So it doesn't just taste like plastic in a water bottle. <coughs> or water in a plastic bottle. Excuse me. Where was I going? Anybody try this? Because I know I'm just going there because I'm getting my drinks. I get my fluids together in the evening, early morning for the day. Next day or the day of. Hair fluence. Anybody tried this? hair growth in a liquid it's like mio drops or the flavor drops and it comes in watermelons no sugar and you got like 10 servings it really helps women ladies and men your hair and nails hair fluence i just plugged that i did i know what you're thinking oh my gosh i can hear her voice it feels like a sunday like i want to just just i can't do the opera but i just want to sing but really it's manic monday and you're back to work and I know you're driving right now and you're thinking this sucks, but really depending where you live, <coughs> excuse me, you're dealing with, I know the cicadas and it's not been snappy cicada pizza to say the least because they are nasty and they are out in full effect. I thought, you know, last time I remember the cicadas and I don't want to say my age, Although I plan on this coming end of the year, not going through midlife crisis like some people. Some people you may know, I may know, or you just may not know that I know, or I know that you don't know, but you think you know, but you really don't know, but then you know. But you know what I'm saying, you know? What do they call it? I don't even think it's a golden year. It's just the mid, middle of life. 50. <sighs> Did I just say how old I'm going to be at the end of this year? <sighs> I look at it as not old. I look at it as seasoned. By wisdom, experience, uh, trials and tribulations, but mostly knowledge by what you go through, which obviously, as we all know, what do I always say on VIP podcast? The hard times give you the most knowledge, you gain the most wisdom, and you need to put that in a file folder right there. That's right where you're combing your hair in your brain for future reference and use for, for, excuse me, the future for you ever crossing that situation or path later down the road, you'll have that wisdom and knowledge to know how to move and get ahead and what or how you maneuvered through your trials and tribulations of life. <coughs> I am so sorry. It's going to be maybe a little bit of a Smokey the Bear kind of coughing. Um, I don't want to go there. I really don't. You know, I just, it's a great podcast waiting to happen. So I got to say. But I just want to say thank you to Jen and Cody. And we have also a couple of celebrity podcast speakers that are going to be with Jen and Cody this week. So you got to get your yoga mat. You got to get your free weights. All right. And you got to get your shoes on. 
and your favorite workout outfit, of course, because they've got two upcoming celebrity guests that are going to be doing Fitness with Jen and Family 2, along with Cody this week on the round table, starting at 7 a.m. Monday through Friday. If you're not there, of course, like the VIP podcast, you just don't know what you're missing. <sighs> Back to the cicadas. Haven't really got a whole lot yet, but all I have to say is, you know, I remember back in the day, like I was saying before, those things used to be, <coughs> excuse me, what I remember, really big, very large, bigger than a horsefly, broad X, is that what they're saying? They're not talking about the, somebody that you know. <laughs> you just say broad. <laughs> and then you X her out because it didn't work out the relationship. I know, guys. I shouldn't have said that. Women, I know. I respect you. I do. I truly do. It was just it was just a joke. But it's not broad X. Not that kind of broad. But I don't know what happened. What is this? They're miniature size. They didn't get enough Flintstone vitamins while they're underground for 17 years. I'm not sure. But they're really small, aren't they? And I remember when you touch those things, like 17 years ago, they would let out this blood-curling shriek. And I think that was more scary than actual the cicadas themselves. But to me, it looks like a horsefly. Just like, a, I don't know, it, it just does. <coughs> I told myself I'm going to get over the fear of the cicadas because I used to be petrified. 17 years ago when they came out, I was in school. I was petrified. I'd go through one of the school windows and I knew exactly where that cicada was throughout the whole lifetime that it was in that room because my eyes were just not going to lay off of it. Oh. And then the 17 years later, right? I remember too. Gosh, am I like giving my age because they come out every 17 years? Am I? I see 34. So you go through 17 and then again you're 34. I'm not going to go there. It's just too early to do math, isn't it? <coughs> but now it's like I'm just, you know... I want to get out and uh, let's see what these bad boys are about. They're so small. And just to think, 17 years underground just to crawl at the top of the earth and have sex and mate and then you die. <laughs> it sounded bad, didn't it? Literally, think about it. You're in this little cocoon and you crawl out from the ground and then you free yourself like a butterfly and then you hump. The very first female you could find, and then guess what? You're dead. What is short lifespan? All of that brewing up 17 years underground just to have sex and to multiply again. <laughs> I could go there, I could say some things, and I'm just not going to do it because here I am back on podcast audio. <sighs> For yourself, my journey, I'm just not going to do it. But you all are thinking, aren't you, when you're driving, you're going, that is kind of crazy, isn't it? So glad I'm not a cicada. That'd be horrible. Just hope it was good because you died right after. Hmm. What does that remind you? Does it remind you of a movie? Leaving Las Vegas. Anybody ever see that movie? I can't even think of her name. And um, oh, I can't even think of his name. Nicolas Cage. <coughs> Excuse me. Really great movie. Leaving Las Vegas. Guy down on his luck. A divorce. Lost his job. Just went to the bank, cleared all the money out, y'all, yada, yada, yada. I'm talking about seeing this movie. I have it, and I watched it. I love that movie. Down on his luck. He meets a young woman. She was doing prostitution. She befriends him, excuse me. And then he just is true alcoholic ways that he is, and he drinks and drinks and drinks and drinks. And then the last time, last breath he takes is while having sex. I know, I'm going there. <sighs> 
they're in bed, she's on top, he takes a deep breath in and he passes away. Um, cirrhosis and just, um, oh man, remember how much he drank in that? That movie, if that didn't turn you off, if you were holding a drink in your hand, I don't know what movie possibly could because do you remember that movie, how much liquor he drank? Although we know it's acting, of course, great acting. It wasn't really liquor, it was probably apple cider, but, <coughs> excuse me, can you imagine? Because I can't. That's just enough to turn anybody off of any alcoholic drink that you were, you know, had it in your possession in your hand while you were watching the movie. But great movie, Leaving Las Vegas. Did I just plug it with Nicolas Cage? What a great, amazing actor. All those actors. The good old days. Good actors. You know, Al Pacino. You know, Richard Gere. <sighs> Tom Petty. <laughs> just want to see if you're awake. It's 5.20 a.m. Good morning. You got your cop coffee copy you got your copy of coffee did you xerox it did you xerox it good and did you give it to the cicada that's the true question i'm <coughs> back what do i want to talk about i really want to talk about something you know because sometimes you just got to get in those serious conversations lord have mercy uh, you know i feel like i have to defuse the situation it's been just been brewing and um, we're all adults for crying out loud. I'm just going to start it here because really I just feel like it goes for anybody listening to For Yourself My Journey, no matter where you're at, what language you may be listening in and what country. And I'm going to say two steps away from being my goal. What was it? All those on VIP podcast. You know what I'm saying, right? We're talking about it. The goal is to be in every single country in the world in every language possible. And that was my goal. And I'm happy to say I am less than 25 away. Absolutely amazing. And um, I can't be more damn proud. So I want to thank each and every one of you and everyone who's tuning in, especially, you know, those who are helping to host and take everything over on all the entities. I greatly appreciate it. Um, more, than, more than I can say, I greatly appreciate it. Well, I'm going through my own trials and tribulations of life, which hasn't been easy. So I'm going to start on this. <coughs> Excuse me. As we're all adults. Um <sighs> You know, when you grow up and you're a child, adolescent, teenage years, you go to school, you know, or where you live or whatever the scenario situation, and maybe it's inside of your own household. We just talk about bullying, you know, as a youngster and how devastating that is. And, uh, you know, and I'll be the first to say, cause I didn't, you know, I, so much, I've learned a lot in my lifetime and, uh, I don't know. Sometimes I think it's like, Hardcore things I've lessons I've learned and uh, it's not all pretty, but it's really taught me a great deal of wisdom and to be able to inspire and help others out that may be in a similar part or something they're going through that I can relate to or they can relate to me has truly been a blessing. Um, I was bullied um, as a youngster. I was bullied actually, uh, I believe it was my 10th grade, 9th or 10th grade, I believe it was actually it was 10th grade in high school. And I was bullied. <coughs> and I'm telling you what. You don't forget that stuff. You really don't. And uh, I wasn't bullied by just one girl. And they were a clique of three. And they were in the next graduating year. They were in 11th grade. Um, my sibling at that time was a senior. And I was in 10th grade. It was a ninth grade. I got to think about this. I think our high school was like 9th through 12th. And correct me, those listening, graduating year if I'm wrong. But I believe it was 10th grade. But I could be wrong. Ninth or tenth grade. Let's just leave it there. And um, <coughs> me and my sister were like yin and yang. 
She was like the outcast. I don't know. She would probably call herself the nerd, the, you know, the outsider. And I was that, you know, I always liked to laugh. I always liked to joke. I always had that bigger life personality and that was just me. Um, but I was friends with everyone. I did not discriminate who I would talk to and who I'd be friends with. Um, but I was big, huge on having people's back, especially people that were getting picked on. Um, what they say the outcasts or those that kind of reserved or whatnot. Um, I was never the one that would think I was ever better than anybody else to talk to someone who may be by themselves or in a different clique or maybe wasn't part of the popular, you know, part of school. That was just me. It really was. Um, you know, now that you're older, I don't know. Do looks play a part? I don't know. You know, I'm not going to say I'm ugly. Did I think I was pretty in high school? Yeah, I was pretty. I was an attractive girl, you know. What not, yada, 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 if the aqueduct hits you right on a certain day, but, uh, or the Calvin Klein jeans, did I just let myself go of how old I am? <sighs> I'm not going to go through midlife crisis, I'm telling you later this year. But, um, I don't know, it wasn't really like that popularity, clicky, kind of, you know, catty kind of stuff, just wasn't me. I like to be friends with everyone. Um, I was part of Senate, you know, I was probably one of the few of the youngest. They were more of made up of seniors, of course, you know, Senate in high school and you have some juniors and then you have the 10th graders, you know, me. Um, I was elected as part of my class, running my class. Um, and I was elected and I'm proud to say it wasn't by really like, um, <coughs> excuse me, what do I say? It's, I don't want to say popularity, but isn't popularity what makes you, you know, what gets the vote in high school? You know, I was in show choir, I did choir, I loved to sing. I was always in choir um, every year from middle school on until I graduated. But um, yeah, so you get nominated, you know? Now I look at it like yada, yada, yada. But it wasn't really based off of what I look like. I really don't truly believe that. Um, I think it was just because I was a fair person and I never really wanted to pass judgment and I tried not to and I really didn't. And it's always been my character and who I am as a person. Um, I believe that everyone is equal, regardless of what you look like, background, nationality, I don't care what color of crowns you come from. Um, that was just me. My heart always felt for those that maybe were a little bit of outcast or were by themselves and, you know, um, at a certain class or, you know, um, homeroom, you know, in the morning time. Maybe needed a little cheer, a little joke, or if you needed a pencil, and I was that girl to go to. And uh, I don't know, I just treated everyone equal. You know, I took that kind of mentality, and I took it throughout my adulthood. And I still feel that way now. Um, but what I won't stand for is bullying. Because a lot of things in high school was very difficult for me. Because I, you know, women, we judge each other based off of looks. We're catty. Let's just face it. I mean, I don't know. I felt if someone was pretty, they're pretty. You know, why be jealous of it? You know, everybody's different and we're all unique in our own way. You know, when you get older, you realize beauty is not just surface. It's more of what's inside your heart and your soul and a good human being. But in school, it's different, you know. And I was bullied by a gang of three girls and a year older and a year you know, ahead of me. And it wasn't fun. There's nothing worse than you're going to home class. And then afterwards you're going to another class and you'll be with your friends. You're having a bit by yourself. And it was the same three bullies over and over again. And, um, 
<laughs> talking about finding out what you're made of. Let's just say, you know, you can push a person for so long and be bullied, especially growing up and being young, you know, especially in school. Good Lord. And uh, you know, eventually the bully fights back. And um, I'm just going to say it. It led into me being expelled from school. I held my ground. I wasn't going to take it. I remember telling my parents how I was getting bullied. Um, they still felt like I needed to go to school. Um, if I was in their shoes, I definitely would have pulled me out of school and did some homeschool and, and, or switched schools or something or private school. It wasn't fun. Um, but I was very, um, if you were, I, I don't know. I don't know. What the hell were they jealous of? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, some would say they were jealous because you were pretty. Yeah, hell with it. You know, it's not no reason at all to bully somebody or maybe because you were, you know, I wasn't in any certain clique. I just enjoyed to be around people and I had friends from different walks of life. And that was just me. You know, you always have that group of friends that you're friends and close friends with. And I did, you know, it was a group of four or five of us. But as far as it goes, I was friends with everyone. I never felt like I was any better than anybody else. And I still feel that way. Um, and I feel as an adult, regardless of what your title is, at the end of the day, I don't care if you're the Pope. You know, when you take that title away, you're just a normal human being. We all are, you know, we're just normal human beings. A title is just a title at the end of the day, you know. And, uh, you know, I, I, I stood my ground. I stood my crown. You know, I guess call me a little firecracker. I don't know. Um, but I don't stand for bullying. I really don't. And uh, in school, I didn't. And um, I wouldn't change a thing. I stood my ground. I demanded respect out of that. And let's just say when I went back to school, it never happened again. People respected me. And um, it's unfortunate. I wish my parents back then would understood the seriousness and the consequences and what you go through emotionally when you're bullied in school. It's not fun. Um, I'm sure my sister, <laughs> my sibling went through a lot of her own bullying, um, you know, growing up. And, um, I, and I know she did, and I'm sure it wasn't easy either. But um, let's just say regardless if you're an outcast or you're pretty or whatever situation, bullies are bullies. And uh, when you become an adult, you look at bullying in a whole different light. Do you really, the terminology when you're adult and you're dealing with multiple people ganging up, do you really call that being bullied? Eh, you know, I like to analyze things and sit back and kind of before, you know, moving forward, you kind of have to look at things and people and, and look at the situations differently, which I do now as an adult. But... Let's just say, I don't know. I, I, I don't know if I call it bullying or not. But like with any podcast, especially when I'm talking about something so serious, there really has to be something valuable gained from it, especially if you are listening to this. And um, I like to help and inspire people because I think it's really important, especially as adults. We're in a different day and age. We're post-COVID-19, whatever you want to call it, pandemic, you know, for the skeptics. But what we lack and I don't know if it's because so many people died such a horrific death with COVID, um, pandemic, whatever you want to call it, respiratory especially, and uh, so much death that have we become, as a society, immune to people that are ill in general, people that are disabled, people that are going through invisible chronic illnesses, diseases, you know, cancer. Have we 
become immune as human beings? Do we forget our compassion? And most importantly, do we forget our heart? Has COVID-19 turned us into not a, um, eh, let's just say less of a society of people, you know, that truly have the compassion and care and kindness for one another? Um, I think so. Don't really see the compassion anymore. We don't see the kindness. We don't see being of support and, you know, helping one another. And maybe because we're immune to so much death that surrounded us over the past year, that maybe we become immune to just people that are ill. Some people find people that are ill as a burden. <coughs> Excuse me. Having to work around someone who's sick with chronic illness. Do some people see it as a burden? Yes. And uh, those on the flip side is patients. Do you feel that as a burden? If you feel it as a burden, I'm telling you right now from experience, you're being treated as a burden. And that's where you really need to reflect and you just need to sit back and try to look at why someone's feeling that way and treating you that way. Because it's never good. Um, like I said, the society as a whole now has definitely changed. And what we lack is understanding, compassion, and care for one another. And it, it is definitely, we need to be better human beings and a better self, you know, today and grow as human beings and as an individual person and be of more support. As far as adult bullying, I don't know necessarily if you call it bullying. I think it's lack of understanding when people gang up on you and um, in a given situation that's something they feel is light, there's actually subs substance behind it and not understanding one another and taking the time um, that creates some type of mentality. I don't know if you want to say it's bullying. It just depends of if you feel like you're the bullseye, what's causing it. I, you know, I don't know. But living in and moving in an area that come from out of state, you know, I was drawn into an area based off of the historic charm of it, which is the visual charm. Um, thought it was a nice area. You had deep rooted history, rich in history, historic buildings, historic sites, and just a little piece of a little town. <sighs> but sometimes you have that visual and sometimes it doesn't end up what you think. You learn a lot from living in small towns. You learn the, um, I would say, I'm thinking the best way to put this, close, tight-knit community of generations and generations and generations that have grown up. Sometimes you don't learn that right away, and sometimes you learn it by experience. And sometimes when you come in as an outsider, it's not always with a warm welcome, and it's not always... Um, In a positive tone, we're just going to say. Some areas in the United States, and I'm sure all around the world, where it's generational and families that have remained and have grown up and, you know, in a community where everyone knows everyone. And sometimes when you're an outsider, sometimes it's just not welcomed. And um, diversity sometimes isn't welcomed either. But I will say that, um, <coughs> I'm trying to put this as best as I can, because sometimes I think people need to understand 
backstories and, and of sometimes of people having to um, live a little bit different life than others. And um, sometimes that bounces back to trials and tribulations and sometimes it's long-term illness and sometimes, sometimes it's just general diversity, you know, or religious beliefs or, you know, sexual preference or whatever the situation. You know, when I moved from out of state, <coughs> I was in the process of healing. I had just finished oncology treatments, first round, you know, right out of the gate. We had our eyes, you know, set on a home that I wish Eric would listen to me because it was a home that was a very large home. It had a little bit of privacy. It was something that I really liked. It had historic charm. It was an historic home, an older home, 1800s. Um, needed just a little bit of TLC, nothing major. But Eric was really concerned because it was very large. And he felt like maybe it was just a little overwhelming, you know. But I really wish now with the housing market, can you imagine, um, it was a great deal to purchase. It really was. There was just a couple of issues with um, some furnace issues and things that had to be um, hammered out with the seller. But Eric wanted to go into a home that was smaller. So <coughs> we had looked, landed another contract. That didn't go well. The owner didn't get through the um, addendum items in that in time. So we were scrambling for 30 days. And the only home that was available really we could find is a house that we purchased um, which is where we reside right now. And it was a ranch style home, something that Eric liked. And I figured, you know, I was never one. I never felt my entire life that I ever felt like I needed to own a property. Now, some people swear up and down being homeowners. And I just never felt like I really wanted to be. Um, I was lucky throughout my lifetime that, you know, it was long term, but I would rent from a private owner and... I didn't feel the stress. I didn't feel, you know, I didn't have that where I had to keep up with the constant maintenance. I could work and then have another job and have the time to enjoy life in that. And I just felt like I watched my parents and others that, you know, did this and this and this and constantly have to keep up with this, 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 this with their home. And I just never wanted to go through the hassle or struggle. And I was at peace. I enjoyed the last property um, that I lived in for a very long time, over a decade. And it was the last time that I actually... And it's sad to say, but God knows, good Lord knows, good Lord knows. And those that passed away, I call my angels and guardians now is the last time I realized any kind of peace in my life where I felt at peace. Um, it was the last time I felt safe in a home. <coughs> and that says a lot. You know, every property that I lived in, which I could count on one hand in my lifetime. I always had some type of, whether it was the metal fire pits, last property it was a homemade, not just one, but two fire pits. Um, I love to cook s'mores. I love to have, you know, when I was seeing my nieces and nephews, I'd have them over and we'd have grilling out hot dogs. I have pictures of that. I love doing things like that, like anybody else would. <coughs> But, you know, sometimes life is not fair. I went through oncology treatments and I sustained damage to my lungs as a result. I ended up with left lower low blockage from radiation scrambling. I ended up with COVID and everything, not just once but twice, and lung scarring from double pneumonia last year. 
that's what the game changer was of late last year when I ended up with double pneumonia. I was fortunate and blessed to pull through that. But in the midst of that, I was left with lung scarring on the left and right top part of my lungs, lobes, and the lower left with what they label COPD, which is obstruction. I love fires. I love campfires. I love bonfires more than anybody else does, you know? Things always weren't the way they were with my health. But let's just face it. It came out of the womb and it wasn't good autoimmune and I was a sick infant. I got sick. I ended up staying in a hospital and I was told, my parents were told I probably wouldn't survive. <clears throat> I did. And here I am now as an adult. But I think sometimes people don't know the backstory because they don't ask. They don't introduce themselves and they don't ask. And I don't know why. And I don't know if because we're in a day and age with COVID that things have changed. I'm not sure. But you can't judge a book by its cover and you can't assume things with people. And you've got to get to know the backstory and the full story first before we pass judgment against others, right? <coughs> I think that's just, excuse me, I think that's just good decency, um, a good soul. You know, I think that's just being human, right? So moving in here, it just started last year. And um, unfortunately, the sensitivity to smoke really is, uh, let's just say, full force. There are people I've spoke to with specialty care that have said some people, when they get problems with their lungs, whether it's post-oncology or still with cancer or you know COPD or something along the lines, <coughs> excuse me. They end up with a very high sensitivity. It gets worse of smoke. That could be charcoal. That could be propane. It could be regular clean grill. Um, and the worst is pellet smoke. I don't think people understand, and I never understood what pellet smoke was until I was educated by surgeons and specialists of mine of the carbon monoxide that pellet smoke puts off and the chemicals that it's used to be made to compress the wood which is used for smokers and things like that, or restaurants sometimes use them. It can be very, very dangerous for people who have lung problems, whether alone just clean burning wood, you know, as we most think of as fire pits. And everybody loves fire pits. You know, I think there's <coughs> a lot of misconstruing going on. I never assume things with people. Um, never listen to catty chatter. I call it gossiping. Ever question something somebody's going through, just go straight to them, you know? And if you can't do it as an adult, then work through somebody else, you know? A non-involved third party to talk. It's called adulting, and I think everybody should try it sometime. It does wonders. It really does. It brings peace and closure to people. It's called being an adult. But although I can tolerate if there's someone lighting and they're grilling and it's a normal grill where you light it and you close the grill after you're done and you're not grilling for hours and hours, you know? But the problem is with the house that we purchased, just so much I had to go into it. The ductwork was part of it. There was no intake. <coughs> so you had air and things like that and just ductwork that was really dirty and just getting to the point, it wasn't cheap, but everything had to be yanked out, reran, new PVC, new ductwork, and 
air intake pipe. Now, the problem with that is when you're sensitive to smoke, if someone's lighting a fire long-term and not a normal, like, grill, and you know, come on, let's just face it, everybody, so, you know, you got to be fair about it. You have sensitivity to smoke, okay? If it starts coming to your house through an intake pipe and it starts bothering you health-wise, okay, you're not going to let yourself go into a situation where you're going to have to go to the gusto and start taking down some albuterol or through a nebulizer machine. I don't want to have to do that, and I shouldn't have to, you know? It's my life. But we should be able to work as adults and talk to each other and come to some type of agreement. If you're cooking, that's fine. If it's bothering somebody. You know? If somebody asks me, <coughs> and they have a child, whether a son or daughter, or a spouse, or a parent, and they're suffering some type of long-term medical ailment, and I'm lighting something, whether it's a propane, a gas, a bonfire, smoker, cooker, whatever, okay, and you ask me and say, hey, listen, this is starting to bother them, and it really is, and it's, you know, they already have health issues, you're just going to ask me once, can you please, you know, if it's coming my way, can you maybe not that day, if the wind's, you know, especially if it's the direction of the wind's going to hit anyway, if your grilling could just normal, you know, I've never had a problem until it becomes excessive smoke. Then it gets me. It really gets me. And uh, when it gets me, it takes me a couple days to kind of to get my lungs back going. Not by choice. I didn't ask to be sick. Not by choice. I didn't ask to go through oncology treatments. Not by choice. I didn't ask to be born with autoimmune problems. It didn't ask for it. My parents' decision to have two children, it was not mine. <coughs> but all I can do as an adult is protect my health. I also have respect if somebody asks me and tells me they're going through a medical struggle and if I'm lighting something in my home outdoors and it may bother someone to an ability to where if it bothers them, they're outside. Or if they have an intake pipe and maybe it's coming in, let's figure if intake, what's an intake pipe, some may ask. It takes in outdoor air. It takes in clean air. And it helps to have a better atmosphere, you know, for your lungs, what you're breathing in inside your house. The air quality inside your home. <coughs> what I don't understand is if somebody has problems and you know it. I don't understand why sometimes we can't work as human beings and have some respect and understanding. Most importantly, compassion. I think we lost that after COVID. But most importantly, too, is, you know, we have to have some kindness, but we have to understand, allow people to share their backstory. I think it makes for a better you, better me, a better world, you know? And it allows you to be an adult and communicate, work things out. When people don't understand is when they fail to understand the backstory and assume, never believe chatty, catty, Women do it the worst. Oh, God. How many times I say this? <coughs> women are the worst gossipers in the world. Oh, my Lord. I don't know. Some of you men can be bad, but woo, women. I never was into that. I was never into talking about somebody behind their back, especially even a serious situation. You know, if I got a problem with somebody, I'm going to come to you. If I can't come to you, then let's just figure out, hammer it out some other way. But you got to respect people. You know, 
I love bonfires. I love grilling. I miss grilling. I miss all that, you know? And nobody's saying I would ever take that away from people. And I really haven't. Let's just say it was somebody down the street from where I reside, you know? If I'm standing inside my house, residing to the right. And they had grilling, I don't know, not too long ago. And went outside just to walk out in the back and you could smell barbecue. You know, but the difference was, is after they grilled, you couldn't smell the barbecue after it was done. They didn't let it just sit, you know, <coughs> I didn't have it excessive to where coming in and take pipe. You know, people just assume I just, it's, if you question someone, you don't know the backstory, you don't know the full situation. And you're thinking they're just ruining your fun and they're ruining, oh, it's life and this, this, and this. But you don't understand what people are going through. And I think that's the problem we have. Especially as a society. But I'm in a situation where things happen. Didn't ask for it medically. And unfortunately, for now, well, until we're moved and the house retains under someone else, you know, I can't handle a whole lot of smoke, outdoor smoke. And some people, I was told, through specialty and critical care and through surgeons, are allergic to smoke. And it becomes a life or death situation. And when your lungs are already compromised, you eventually get to that point. So I don't understand. Where is the compassion understanding? If you're still grilling and you're using a normal grill and you're grilling, then there shouldn't be an issue, right? But what comes a problem for people, and I don't want to use the term bullying as an adult because I don't think we need to, <coughs> but sometimes we don't know the backstory of others and what they're going through and maybe indifferences and problems within under their own roof. So there's no need to be catty back because they're going through their own trials and tribulations themselves. So instead of being catty back, sometimes you have to be more important, a mature adult, and have some understanding. And although sometimes people can't have things and they can't take in smoke and they may be allergic to smoke and there may be something else going on. You know, sometimes you have to look at it as not as this, it's, they're ruining your life and they're taking your fun away. You know, kind of look at it this way, you know. We're all born, we all are born, and we all die. And as a person of myself, who's a believer in God, Jesus Christ, when you pass away, you're judged before God. Well, doesn't it feel good to say, you know what? I did this. I gave some understanding. I took the time to listen, and I put myself in someone else's shoes, and I understood <laughs> and although I had to put some fun and leisure on hold in my life, I feel good about that. You know why? At the end of the day, even God said, make sure you're a good person. We all can afford to look in the mirror every night before we go to bed or every morning, whatever your situation, and be a better version of ourselves today than we were yesterday. And that includes kindness, compassion, and most importantly, Human being to human being, understanding.